Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to episode seven of the Big Issues podcast, an opportunity to stay engaged with the Christian ethos of FBS while the school is physically closed. A reminder to keep learning and thinking and questioning using all your enterprise skills. There'll be some big truth claims made in the Bible passages and Christian theology we refer to in today's discussion, and you'll need to work out what you think about them. And what we're discussing today is, of course, the results of our vote to find FBS's favourite assembly hymn or song 2020. If you haven't listened to part one that came out last week, then I strongly suggest you pause this episode, listen to that one to find out how the votes have been calculated, about copyright, and of course to find out which hymns came in at number seven to number four. In this episode, it's the podium places, number three, number two, and number one, as well as your favourite assembly singing warm-up. And we're going to discuss each of the songs, we're going to discuss why we think people voted for them, tell you some stories about them being sung at FBS, we're going to discuss the musical side of them in quite a lot of depth, and also the theology behind their lyrics. So which hymn or song do you want to come top? Before we introduce our panel and get going, we heard from some of you this week. This is Charles from Year 12, and I want the top one to be Beat Out My Vision. This is Miss Embarikos, and I think that Be Thou My Vision is the winner. Hi, I'm Elijah, I'm in year nine, and I think the best song is How Great Thou Art. Hi, this is Mrs. Barton, and I think number one should be Be Thou My Vision. My name is Hakeem, I'm in year 11, and my favourite hymn is Ode to See the Dawn. Hi, it's Miss Sahel, my favourite hymn is Be Thou My Vision. Hi, it's Mr. Goldberg here, my favourite script. Uh, well, I'm going to start again. <laughs> Hi, it's Mr. Goldberg here. Uh, my favourite Fulham Boys School hymn is probably Guide Me O Thou Great Jehovah. It was a song that I used to sing at school and really enjoyed it as well. Hi, this is Freddie in year 10. My favourite hymn is Be Thou My Vision because it's nice and catchy. Hi, this is Miss Plant. My favourite hymn is Guide Me O Thou Great Jehovah. Hello, my name is Mr. Campbell and my favourite hymn is How Great Thou Art. Hello, my name is Ben. I'm in year 8 and I think 10,000 reasons should win. Uh, hi, it's Mrs. Olszewska. Um, it's really hard for me to decide which is my favorite hymn, hymn so I think that Be Thou My Vision and Oh To See The Dawn uh, will be on the first place together. This is CJ from Year 12 and I want number one to be Be Thou My Vision. Well thanks everyone and particularly CJ at the end. We're singing like that. Maybe he should have replaced Mr. Burns in the panel. Maybe next time. Are those people reflective of the overall votes? What's going to come top? Get comfortable, and here we go. So we've got our panel here. Mr. Burns is here. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Pleasure to be here. And you've got your piano with you. Ready and ready to go. Mr. Brownie's here. I am so excited. I haven't slept since the last one. We're pumped to find out what top there is. Brilliant. And Miss Day's here. I'm here. Hi. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, let's find out what the top three FBS hymns are. In fact, we're going to put a pause on that for the moment. We're going to talk about favourite warm-up. Uh, Mr. Brownie, what would you personally have chosen as your favourite warm-up? I would go for, I think, the loud, proud note. It doesn't get enough of a look in these days with all the counting and up and down the scales. But I'm, as you know from maybe last week's episode, I'm a big fan of volume. And I think that's the best way of getting... Once you do the loud, proud note, you know those boys are going to come in hard on the chorus. So that's my fave. Miss Day? So I really like the one that, so I can't do this as a, just so you all know, but the one that you have to count from the top, the like seven, six, seven, six, that, that eight, one. I just, seven, eight, seven, yeah, seven, I just six, can't seven. do it. 
so I like the challenge, but it's always quite embarrassing when everyone around me knows what they're doing and I can't do it. Okay, and <laughs> Mr. Burns? I, I'm just soaking this up. This is market research for me. If I could leaf through the data afterwards, I'd much appreciate that. I think my favorite one, probably the original, the Tiki Taka. I remember the first ever FBS singing we ever did. And I stood in the hall and the whole school was there because the whole school was just one year group. And it was time to do the warm up. And I just kind of panicked. Really. I hadn't like prepared thoroughly enough, I don't think. And it just came out and it, it stuck. And here we are six, seven years later and we're still doing it. And I think what a beautiful accident. Wait, so that's not an app. You just made that up. I mean, it, it combines the basic principles of you want to have different vowel sounds and different consonants and different parts of your mouth working. But I don't know if other people have done it or not. Brilliant. Obviously, when you introduced that, I think Barcelona were probably still doing tiki-taka football. I don't know if they are anymore. Maybe this has lasted longer than Barcelona style of football. Okay, well, here we go. A loud, proud note did make an appearance. Uh, with a few people the cookie one made an appearance the shush one as some people called it made an appearance red lorry yellow lorry was quite popular but by far and away the two most popular were in second place one one two one one two three two one and the favorite across the school was tiki taka come on i love that now that's a huge win for you mr burns because mr badder bought in one two one didn't he he did. And I, I mean, sensed when he did it, you were a little bit uneasy that, hang about, I've been here since <laughs> the start. Exactly. I, th I thought, I mean, it comes in with a better warm-up and everyone's going around the school, one, two, one in. And I, I barely heard a ticky-tacker in the corridor for weeks. It was a disaster. <laughs> I had a real crisis of confidence. So I'm absolutely thrilled with the results. Thank you. Vindicated. Okay. A big thank you to all the boys who and staff who commented on that one. And a particular well done to the boy who wrote, my favourite warm-up is one... One two one, one two three two one, one two three four three two one, one two three four five four three two one, and wrote the whole thing down and took up about ten lines. That's so, brilliant. Well, well done, well done to you. That is commitment to the cause. Okay, right here we go for our top three FBS hymns. Miss Day, do you want to predict what number three is? You got the final two right last week. I think number three is "Bless the Lord of My Soul." No, that's higher. I no. I think it's be down my vision. I think for me personally, I think I think it's probably ten thousand reasons coming in third. But mm, yeah, I don't know. Because be down my vision because we've done it right from the start. So you know, some long time servers in the school might be thinking, getting a bit tired of this. Potentially, that could affect its rankings. So I could see it being be down my vision being third. Christ. So number three was How Great the Arts. That recording was from Winchester Cathedral from a BBC show from a few years ago. Here is a quiz question for you. Which yep. country does, oh Lord my God, How Great the Arts? Which from? Wales. Australia. No. Um, Scotland. No. It comes from Sweden. 
So the uh, both the tune and the lyrics, I think, were in, in Sweden in 1885. Then it got translated into German, I believe, then Russian, and then eventually someone called Stuart Klein, uh, an Englishman, translated it into English and then added two of the verses that we now sing. Um, but originally it is from Sweden, and originally it was written with nine verses, so, which I would, I'd imagine would mean that Chapman's Assembly would overrun into period one quite badly, so we don't do that. It was also voted the UK's favourite hymn in a national result so it's number three for fps but for the uk when there was a vote done a few years ago it was our favorites hymn not surprised it's, uh, it's a great one it's a great hymn we, we, we sing it at church sometimes and yeah always always packs a punch i think it's just such a great song of like proclaiming how good god is and it, it kind of yeah really i think broadens our our vision of god i think sometimes when in life when you come across problems sometimes you look at things and your problems your issues can seem really big but i think getting a really big view of the strength and the power and the greatness of god i, I find myself anyway quite comforting to kind of view your other problems in a different perspective i think it's it's got that same thing as power of the cross when they sing then sings my soul and that like soul is so it's got to be big isn't it it's one of those ones you go got to go quite loud to hit it not that i hit anywhere near the note there and yeah as you say it's just quite joyful my absolute favorite thing about this song is the intro because it's probably one of our shorter intros and every single time catches the boys off guard it's fantastic even when you warn them okay this is gonna be a short intro and it's and then they all sort of rush to to catch up with the first line off you go, on your marks, get set, praise the Lord, sort of thing. Good, it keeps them on their toes. Yeah, I think it's a great hymn. I can see why it's the nation's favourite. Um, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think it's relatively easy to sing. It's one of those ones that if you want to do it traditionally, like that recording was from Winchester Cathedral, then you can do that and it sounds great. It sounds great with harmonies and choirs and organs. Uh, it also sounds really, really good in a modern setting with a band. Whenever we sing this, Mr. Ebenezer always tells us to look at the words for verse three, uh, verse three. And when I think that God is son, not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. But on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Because those words, you know, they point to the cross and to what Jesus really came to do. It sort of follows the storyline of the Bible. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you look at each verse, each verse kind of takes a different main theme of the Bible. So verses one and two focus on the creation of the world and nature. Then verse three is all about Jesus's crucifixion. And then verse four is about Jesus coming again. Um, so yeah, we see a different theme in each of the main verses. And then the chorus is about praising God every time it goes back to that. So it's this gospel storyline, isn't it? And, and then the chorus, I, I describe it as like an exclamation that every time the writer thinks about these things, all he can do is say, God, you're great. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because the Bible says our natural inclination is to not say that. Our natural inclination is to say that we're great. But actually, this exclaims God is great. The only thing I challenged on the chat in there, <laughs> you said it was easy to sing. I do not think this one's easy to sing at all. There's that sort of when it's like, how great thou art. It's like a bit trilly. Okay, so in my defense, I don't think that's the original. I think that's the Mr. Burns version. Ah, yeah. so again, it's just Am I right, Mr. Burns? Yeah, I may have to take some blame for that. How great thou art. Well, that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't, I think some just go, how great thou art. But it doesn't have, it doesn't have the same, it's not no. as fun. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, I, each week I have a go at doing the trill. 
What do you call? What is that called? Not a trill. Um, uh, a melisma. A melisma. Uh, it's yeah. a great word. The, the the trick is to getting melismas is try them really slowly and be really clear of what each note is supposed to be. So I would go, okay. how great thou art, and to practice that. It sounds weird when you do it slowly, when you mm. then speed it up and compress it. Sounds more natural. I'm going to get Mariah Carey, All I Want For Christmas Is You, by Christmas, the my, my, what do you call them, Miasmas? Melismas. Melismas. I'm going to nail them. I'm looking forward to it. One of the reasons why uh, the chorus, I think, is so uplifting, it feels essentially the notes of the melody are the notes of the tonic chord broken up into arpeggio. So you've got... So that is basically the, the major chord, the, the root chord of the whole song, spelled out over three notes. And sings my soul. And also because we've got that jump up, it starts with an interval of a fourth, getting very technical now. And ascending interval of a fourth or a fifth is very triumphant. They use it lots in superhero themes. Is it starts with an ascending fifth. So it's, that's quite common. So to ascend a fourth in the start of the chorus creates that kind of uplift you know, it's like drawing our attention, our, our soul back towards God. Uh, yeah, it's always interesting hearing that kind of thing and thinking about what goes into songwriting. Some of that presumably goes in naturally, that people who are good songwriters naturally do these kinds of things. But I know uh, lots of songwriters spend much, much longer crafting their songs and their lyrics than we think they do. There's a lot more going into it. We're just turning up and singing it, but we get the benefit of their gifts and also their, their hard work. Okay, here we go for number two, which if you've been keeping watch on the what we've covered so far means you probably can guess what number one is. Well, you never know. You never know. There's six more options, aren't there? Here is number two, FPS's Top Hymns. Yeah, this is my favourite one personally. I like it because it's really personal. I feel like it's like a prayer to God and yeah, I think it's really personal and this idea of like what's important in your life and working through that and saying that you won't put anything else in front of God. Yeah, it's a great hymn, isn't it? I really like the words of verse 3. Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise. Thou mine inheritance now and always. Thou and thou only the first in my heart. High King of heaven, my treasure thou art. So as you say, it's that prayer that God will be our everything and that even the riches of the world, even the fame, even the popularity, even, you know, having a nice house or a nice car or a nice job or relationships, whatever it is, actually none of that should be anything compared to God and seeing how great God is. Yeah, I was reading the Bible this morning about the rich young ruler who met Jesus and Jesus said to him, uh, you need to give up your possessions and, and serve God and love God first. And he just couldn't do it. And this is a hymn, a prayer saying, Actually, I do want to put God first in my life. So it's it, these are lyrics that draw us to God. And as you say, they're written as a prayer. And that version was by Celtic Worship. 
Uh, you can find them on YouTube. And I chose that because it, it's from an Irish origin and it's this kind of a Celtic lilt to this. Is that the right way to say it, Mr. Burns? Yeah. And I think w- one of the things... One of the things that really lends itself to that is lots of Celtic music has a drone as part of it. So that's where you you have two notes, well, either one or two notes that stay constant in the song. And you could you could do the whole song and have those two notes underneath and the whole song would kind of work. So in, in this song, then we've got, um, so if this is, our, this is how it starts, this is chord one, and you could basically sing the whole song over the top of this and it would still fit. Um. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Drain the left hand. What people else to me say that thou art? So, so I think that's one of the things that gives it that Celtic feel is, is that a really strong sense of the tonic chord that could almost drone through and the rest of the song still kind mm. of works and fits on top. Would you yeah. say this is our most upbeat, upbeat song? Mr. Burns. Um, well, I, th- I think one of the things that probably makes it feel like that is oft- often we do this one with the drums, and I think that that kind of gives it um, a bit of energy and that that sort of driving. It's got quite a lot of motion in it in that that rhythm. I think if I was to listen to one of our hymns before a rugby game, I'd choose this one. It's got the most drive in it. But again, inexplicably, the only song with a bongo that we, because I think it could a lot of songs could lend themselves to the bongo. It's true. There are other little things in it that I really like musically. Like we've got a, a, this is a really good technique for those of you who are writing music and writing songs. It's got some um, contrary motion, which basically where the melody and the bass line go in, in the opposite direction. So as the melody goes down, the bass line goes up, or or vice versa. So you hear that in the day and the so the bass line goes up, and then the melody comes down. So then you get that sort of slightly clashy bit, a bit of tension, and then it resolves to a major third, which feels really like settling. So creating that kind of tension and release, it does that quite cleverly throughout the song. Uh, when I've done it at church, when I've played it in bands, I've used so many different types of chords with it. Um, and maybe that comes from, from what you were explaining there, which I never really uh, understood. The You can play it off one chord, which then means you can try lots of different chords off it, but you can throw in a lot of minor chords and uh, you can even change chords between different verses, which I think is really interesting to do. And also you can do different time signatures. You, so there's lots of versions in 3-4 and in 4-4. So it's a really versatile song. It's, it's one of those ones, and I think there's a couple of these in this top seven, that if I do them at church or if I do them at school, they're bankers, so they will always, always work. There are so many songs and hymns that are really, really good, but if you just get it on an off day and, and the musicians are not doing it that well or, or people come in, it's raining and people aren't really in the mood, it doesn't really work. But there are a couple of songs in this list that just seem to land every single time, and I think this is one of them that people just always sing up. It just seems very easy to mm. sing people really get into it the rhythm people really like um it's also one of the oldest hymns in the world so we don't know when it was written but we guess the lyrics were written uh somewhere between the 6th and the 11th century so this hymn is almost certainly a thousand years old which is amazing to think isn't it when we sing it in Beaumont avenue hall also on the whole celtic thing and this is why also it works with different chords it's because it's built on a, a pentatonic scale 
lots of Celtic music, lots of folk music around the world, actually, and quite a lot of pop, is built on a pentatonic scale. So it's a five-note scale. So if you think about the melody, it's based on the pentatonic scale. Um, so the pentatonic scale is really versatile because it, it fits over lots of chords. Um, that's why it works in so many different variations and so many different styles. Wow, I'm learning so much. It's easy to sing. Mm. Pentatonic yeah. scale was one of the most familiar things to sing. Like you can go anywhere in the world and sing a pentatonic scale and people will, will be able to pick up and follow along with it. Well, there we go. Uh, this is a hymn that uh, has won the Ice Death World House Singing Competition in the past, perhaps unsurprisingly. Alfie in year 10 wrote, this is the first hymn I sang when I arrived in the school in year 7 and it will always be my favourite. It's really nice. And Miss Matthews wrote, particularly in dark and turbulent times, the concept of God and faith acting as your own vision and wisdom is extremely reassuring as he guides us towards the right path. The hymn implies that to believe and trust in God is to trust he will protect you in hardships or battles to come. So I think it's, it's a hymn that means a lot for a lot of different people. Okay, here we go. There we go. Uh, FBS's favourite hymn or song, as voted for by an awful lot of people, an awful lot of boys and quite a few staff, is 10,000 Reasons. Uh, what do we think? Uh, it's, it's definitely my number one. Is that, is that a massive shock? No. No, no surprises here. No, yeah. I, I voted it for number one. I think it was, it's, it's my favourite one to sing. Yeah, Mr. Brown, you actually said to me two or three weeks ago, you said it's got to be... 10,000 reasons. I mean, probably half the people who voted didn't vote for it as number one, but a lot of people had it in their top five and around about 50% of the people who voted voted for it as number one, which is a huge, huge triumph. Uh, it's written by Matt Redman and Jonas Myron. Uh, Matt Redman is a uh, singer-songwriter who's originally from Watford, but he's been uh, writing songs for many years now. I first heard Matt Redman live about 20 years ago. He's a great songwriter. Um, he won a Grammy Award in 2013 for this song. He wrote a book off the back of this. Uh, you can find the book in the library, which I think is called 10,000 Reasons. Uh, he's written lots of other great songs. Blessed Be Your Name is a great song. You Alone Can Rescue is one that's it's actually in our hymn booklet that we'll introduce at some point next year. There's loads of great Matt Redman uh, songs to look up. Mr. Brownie, should we start with you? Why do we think people have overwhelmingly voted for this one? I think it's probably, it's quite, it's a bit rocky, isn't it? It's the closest thing to modern music. I don't know if it's the most recently written out of all our hymns, is it? I think Oh Praise the Name is the most recent. Right. But, it, but it, it's, it's, it's very close. It feels, it just feels quite, um, quite modern. And if you enjoy singing, you like singing this song. I remember when Mr. Burns sung it, because you sung it, you taught it uh, to us, I think, probably two years ago, maybe three years ago. 
And I remember you sung it in its entirety. And it was the first time I'd hear, heard you sing anything that wasn't tiki taka or making horse noises. <laughs> so it was, I was blown away. I was relieved, first and foremost, that you could make other noises. Uh, <laughs> and then I was, I was just very sort of blown away by your voice with it. And then I think the boys really get behind it. And it's, um, I think it's the loudest song we sing. I think when we talk about these songs, it feels like that's my main criteria. How loudly can they sing it? Well, I mean, that, that, that's how you made your way onto the panel. <laughs> you're, only, you're only qualification enthusiasm volume. Miss um, Day, uh, before we get into the, the musical side of it, what's really driving this song theologically? The big theme in this song is it seems, again, quite personal. So we see in one of the verses where the songwriter talks about what's going on in their life and still praising God through that. We then, in verse two, it's all about God's character and we can see those themes throughout the Bible and the Psalms where it talks about what God is like. And then again, in the final verse, it talks about the end of someone's life and what will happen during that and praising God throughout that. Miss Day, is there a reason it's 10,000 reasons? Where's that number come from? I think that is just a number, but Mr. Brown might correct me. So I think it is just a number to quantify. Uh, it's sometimes used in the Bible, I think, to quantify you know a massive number that is limitless. But I think when he picks up on 10,000 years in the third verse, he's taking that from Amazing Grace, um, which uses the same line. So I'd imagine he's then tracked back from that to then talk about 10,000 reasons. Mm -hmm. I think he picks up a lot of Psalm 103, which begins, Praise the Lord my soul, all my most being. Praise his holy name. Praise my soul and forget not all his benefits. Uh, he forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. And then it goes through lots of the things that God has done. And some translations translate that as, Bless the Lord my soul. I think I read somewhere as well that he might have been influenced by Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven, which is one of the hymns that didn't make our top seven, but is in our hymn booklets. I know Mr. Burns really likes that one. Um, so this is a kind of a more modern version, perhaps, of that. Um, there's loads of versions of this that you can see on YouTube, loads of interesting versions that are quite different. So there's a really nice version from, from the Royal Albert Hall, from something called Prom Praise from a few years ago, where Matt Redman is there with his guitar, but he's backed by a, a big orchestra, and there's about 5,000 people there. Just before he sings verse 3, he says this, and I think he tells you something about what is going on when he is singing this song. Well, we've sung a lot of hymns tonight. My favourite hymn writer was Charles Wesley. In his very last hymn, he wrote age 81 on his deathbed. It says this. In age and feebleness extreme, who shall a helpless worm redeem? Jesus, my only hope thou art, strength of my failing flesh and heart. Oh, could I catch one smile from thee and drop into eternity? Does anyone feel that unshakable hope and love for Jesus Christ in this place tonight? Yes, on that day when my strength. So I think that's really helpful to hear the songwriter's views on their song. Um, and what's going on while they are singing to God. Um, you can also see some really interesting versions where he does different structures. So there's one from Times Square in New York where he is there surrounded by all the billboards and all the adverts and all the you know commercialism and all, all these kind of things. But there's a lot of people there, thousands of Christians, and he's singing this. I, when he gets to verse three, he, and he does that line, on that day when my strength is failing, 
he does that really quietly and then he repeats the whole verse really loudly so it's got that kind of reflective hope but also that triumphant hope and there's also a really nice korean version that's kind of a jazz uses jazz chords and inversions and things this is another one of the ones like be there my vision the one i play at church as the start of a service song it just works it just works people sing it people love singing it it's so easy to sing people pick it up really quickly it just works really well musically it's it's quite simple really i think i think that's its success um if you think about the, the chords in the verse yeah it's, it's very straightforward it's... Just chords one, four, five, and six, which is really common in loads of worship songs, loads of pop songs, and it's quite predictable. So I think even if you've only heard it maybe once or twice before, it's quite easy to join in and to follow along. So I think when Matt Redmond wrote it, I think it's quite cleverly written. I think it's deliberately simple because he wants to make it accessible to the, to the congregation and kind of free up their brain power, if you like, to think about the lyrics and the meaning and. And what's behind the song rather than having to do anything particularly complex musically i think the other thing he does that i i like and i think he does it in quite a few of his songs is that in the final bit of the chorus the final third or so he has a note that goes up so the highest point is always towards the end of the chorus so it's sing like never before oh my soul that that point is then the peak of the of the song so you go through your verse and then you go through a chorus and then as you get towards the end of the chorus that is when you hit the peak. And I, he does that quite a lot in his songs, I think. And that's quite an effective thing to do. If anyone wants to check out more worship music that's got a lot of really useful theology in it, lots of Matt Redman's songs um, have a really clear and useful message. I, you know, I've, I've been a Christian for probably 25 years and I know a lot of his songs, even from when I was a teenager, um, really helped shape my faith. So I think some of his early stuff as well is, is really worth a listen you, you have mm. to kind of forgive the the 90s sound palette, but lyrically and in terms of content, there's so much really encouraging, powerful truths in his lyrics. There's a great story that I saw in the news a few years ago of doctors who were trying out a new technique when they were putting people under going into operations um, under an anesthetic, which is a hard word to say, isn't it? But when they were having a brain operation to measure the impact of the anesthetic and the impact of other things that were maybe happening, they were asked to sing a song and uh, the person who was who they were watching for this news report was a Christian, and this song had just cho uh, come out, and he chose this. So as he went under, he was singing, and on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near, my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise and ending, 10,000 years and then forevermore. It was really moving. Yeah, we can talk about whether these songs are fun to sing, whether we enjoy singing them, but these feature incredible truths. Uh, this song is saying that if you're a Christian, eternity with Jesus is ahead of you, and that is the best thing in the world. And another interesting thing about 10,000 Reasons is that when Radio 4 came in to uh, record our whole school assembly, we chose to sing 10,000 Reasons, and that went out on Radio 4 to lots of people. I don't know how many, maybe million people, millions of people, I don't know. But they heard... As well as hearing Mr. Ebenezer speak, they heard Mr. Burns doing a warm up, and then they heard you boys singing 10,000 Reasons. Um, and that was the end of the program. And I had someone message me straight afterwards saying, I've just heard the Fulham boys singing 10,000 Reasons on Radio 4. It's amazing. So there is our top seven. Let me read them out in reverse order. Number seven, Abide With Me. Number six, All Creatures of Our God and King. Number five, O to See the Dawn. 
Number four, I cast my mind to Calvary. I praise the name. Number three, O Lord, my God, how great thou art. Number two, be thou my vision. And number one, 10,000 reasons. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Um, and our top warm-up, we think, is Tiki Taka. So there Come we go. On. So massive thanks, massive thanks to our panel, to Mr. Burns. Thank you very much, sir. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure to be here. Uh, big thanks to Mr. Brownie. Thank you very much, and I cannot wait to sing with you all soon. And thanks, Miss Day. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's been fun. So, 10,000 Reasons, Bless the Lord of My Soul is FPS's number one, 2020. Honourable mentions for the hymns that didn't make the top seven. Guide Me Over That Great Jehovah with quite a lot of support in eighth. Holy, 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 a relatively new one for FPS in ninth. Find Me the Glory in tenth. And Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven in eleventh. Interestingly, every hymn on the list had its fans. They all had at least some people who voted for them as their favourites. This week's suggested song to listen to is You Alone Can Rescue by Matt Redman, which is in our hymn booklets and we'll start doing next year, so do have a listen to it. It's a great song. And as Mr Brownie said, we're looking forward to singing with you again soon, where we'll use music, a great gift from God. See you next time. It was very tight. the most tight. intellectual conversation I've had in a long time. Like. Yes. <laughs>